Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The gigantic government sucks. Pursuit of happiness radio is deluxe. Liberty and freedom will make you smile. The pursuit of happiness on your radio dial. Just a cheeseburgers and liberty fries. It's pursuit of happiness time. A new report from economic experts states that Cyber Monday this year brought in $12.4 billion in revenue to the U.S. economy. It's fantastic. And most of the increased spending was actually done by George Soros and Bob Menendez using stolen credit card numbers. Hi, I'm Kenny Webster. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon for a fresh, a super fresh edition a Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Joining me in just a little bit, Tim Mathis is in town, local stand-up comic from Texas, currently working in Hollywood. He'll be joining me momentarily. And Daniel Turner from Power of the Future will be here shortly as well. But before we get to any of that, can I just address the fact that I said something that made a lot of people angry at me today? And I am, look, I am nothing. I am nothing if not one to pander to my critics. I kid. Okay, so there's this report that claims that Nikki Haley is the leading frontrunner to be the vice presidential choice for Donald Trump in 2024. And if you've listened to me on the radio for long enough, you know I live somewhere in between Ron Paul and populism, right? Somewhere between libertarianism and Ross Perot. That's where you'll find Kenny Webster at. I am not a part of the war machine. I don't like the neocons. I'm not down with the identity politics. And all of these things are things that Nikki Haley seems to represent. And despite all of that, and I know you're not going to like what's about to come out of my mouth, but I didn't. I don't host this talk show to be popular. Although, to, I mean, technically, I think my program director's head would explode if he heard me say that. I say what I think needs to be said, and I don't think that Nikki Haley is Trump's running mate. As much as I hate to admit it, it's not the worst idea. Now, hear me out. Hold on. Before you change the channel, listen to what I'm about to say. Nikki Haley is a neocon. She's a moderate. And she's very popular with women that live in the suburbs. Isn't that exactly the three groups of people that Donald Trump needs to improve his numbers with? I know it's not what you want. I know. I don't like it either. I hate to say this, but having Nikki Haley as his running mate is not a bad idea. All that being said, the good news is Nikki Haley, much like Kamala Harris, is never going to be president. Uh, report today from Breitbart.com reveals some pretty abysmal numbers in the polling data for old Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley believes she could steal the GOP nomination from Trump in her home state of South Carolina. At least that's what she's saying out loud, right? I think at the end of the day, somebody like Nikki Haley or Vivek Ramaswamy, I think they know that they're not running for president. 
They're running for vice president. I think they know that. I don't think they're stupid. With these kind of polling numbers, Trump has 50, 60% in some polls. But listen to what far-left NBC News is saying about Nikki Haley. They say, quote, The former South Carolina governor has staked her hopes of wrestling the 2024 GOP presidential nomination from former President Donald Trump on the idea that she could survive January contests in Iowa and New Hampshire that will win the GOP field. So far, adds NBC News, she hasn't made the sale. I should say not. According to the new polling data, this woman is 30 points behind. In Real Clear Politics average poll, South Carolina primary polls, the, the Donald currently 30 points ahead of the second place challenger, Nikki Haley. And this is the only place where she's doing well. We're talking about 49.3% to 18.8%. And if you have followed presidential elections for long enough, if you followed election polling data for long enough, you know, take this all as a grain of salt. But in a Republican primary, do you think that those numbers are hard to believe? I don't. We could talk about the math issue in South Carolina all we want. But if you look at Iowa or New Hampshire, the two primary states that vote first, she's not doing well there either. So, she, so, so she's not doing well in New Hampshire. She's not doing well in Iowa. She's not even really doing that well in her own home state of South Carolina. She knows what she's running for. And what she's running for is vice president. There's no other reason for her to stay in this race at this point. Forget the fact that Trump tends to underpoll. You remember in 2017, 2016, polls had Trump leading the New Hampshire primary race by 31%. He ended up winning by 35%. In 2016, the South Carolina poll had him at 31%. He won by slightly more than that, 33%. Now, again, that's not a huge difference, but still, it, it was less. Let's say Haley's plot works. It's just her and Trump at South Carolina on primary day. Very unlikely. Trump is currently sitting with 49.3% support in South Carolina, which means he needs less than one point of support from Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, and Vivek Ramaswamy supporters to come his way in order to crush Haley. Haley would need 36 points. That's not going to happen. The only primary Haley's kind of winning right now in the, is in the media. It's the media primary. And unfortunately, media pundits don't count. That's not a state. <laughs> that's just a bunch of people in the ruling class trying to dictate us and decide the future of America. So something else might be said. Nikki Haley is a terrible national politician. Only by comparison to, well, Ron DeSantis' campaign not looking too well either, but does, does she look anything close to competent? Haley thinks it's 2004, but it might be that she's not running for the top spot. She's holding on to her establishment credentials to become Trump's VP pick, making the ticket more tolerable to all the establishment money and support in the general election. If that's the key play here, then some of her mistakes might actually make sense, but only some of them. Sitting in the room with me right now, stand-up comedian Tim Mathis. You're a big Nikki Haley supporter. You love her. Don't, as a libertarian, you love the neocon from South Carolina. Oh, I cannot stand Nikki Haley. No, how come? No, she's a war pig. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm looking at voting third party again because uh, I'm I'm a veteran and I'm very anti-war. And uh, especially if Nikki Haley is on the ticket of the GOP, there's no way I but would Tim, vote for But Tim, you're that. not you're not a stupid guy. What does the vice president do? Do you think the vice president dictates policy? <laughs> well, the vice president is usually uh, one of the next in line to be the president, depending on how, I mean, just look at now we have a vice president who, uh, 
didn't do anything other than grift the American people and sell us out to places like China and Russia. And he's currently the president. So vice president is basically president in waiting. And as much as I detest Nikki Haley, if she's on the ticket, uh, that little inkling I have that I might vote for the GOP this cycle is gone. But she neutralizes Kamala in a debate, right? She's and 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 women. Do you think Nikki? I will say this about her: she is vaguely good-looking at the very least. She's not an ugly woman, and women will never elect an attractive woman to be president. That's why Christy Nome can never do it. Agree uh, or, or disagree? Or Tulsi Gabbard? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. You're listening to the Pursuit of Happiness Radio. I guess it's not available in Canada, eh? Oh, yeah, no, we're here. Yeah, it's, okay, what is it, Thursday? Greetings, kids. It's Thursday afternoon. My friend Tim Mathis is town. He's, uh, Tim Mathis is a very funny stand-up comedian, so that reminds me. Is this a spoiled, pampered, narcissistic Hollywood brat, or what? Yes, Hollywood, where pretentious, elitist jackasses Snort bumps of cocaine and molests teenage girls. That's what they do. And you and you work there now, Tim. I do work there, but uh, I don't do either of those things. <laughs> Pro- prove it. Well, I, I don't have any uh, any cocaine on me right now. So, well, okay, that uh, logic does check out. Tim Mathis is a very good comedian from Houston, Texas, and he tours around the country, appearing at comedy clubs and festivals and that sort of doing radio shows and podcasts. But lately, you've been in Hollywood writing movies and. Did you see, before we even talk about your movie, I don't know if you realize this, Daily Wire, owned by Ben Shapiro and this other guy, I don't, I forget what his name is. Jeremy Boring. Jeremy, okay, you know. Yeah. They just put out a trailer for a movie called Lady Ballers. I think so, yeah. And it's a movie, it's, it's actually, I mean, if you consider what's been going on lately, it's sort of a predictable plot line for a comedy film aimed at conservatives, but still brilliant that they're doing it, all about men exploiting the trans and sports role, which I think South Park already did that, technically. But whatever, it looks funny. And the imagery, the the marketing, it all harkens back to old National Lampoon's comedy films. And as a comedy writer who is vaguely right-wing, you're not real political, but you're not a liberal by any means, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, I hope it succeeds. Uh, I hope anybody going against the grain in Hollywood succeeds. Uh, in fact, I, I just watched uh, an old school comedy the other day, Major League, and that movie would be banned and canceled on on you know twenty different ways now. So, uh, I'd like to see old school comedies come back uh, where everybody can be the butt of the joke. You don't just you know constantly focus on one side of the aisle or or one group of people. Uh, you know, make fun of everybody. That's the way we came up, I think, as long as, you know, you're not too mean-spirited and, and, you know, just make it fun for everybody. You're in the industry of making comedy films, which yes. which right now is a little bit like building wheels for horse and buggy carriages 10 years after the advent of the automobile, which sucks, frankly. Like, I love comedy. I love, mo- I love watching funny movies. I enjoyed... As a teenager, getting popcorn and Twizzlers and going to the movie theater and watching Step Brothers or Anchorman or, you know, just I'm, I'm sure there's something besides Will Ferrell, but I feel like he was the last guy that really did cheap but good 
comedy movies, and when did they go away? They at some point they just disappeared and nobody noticed. Uh, yeah, it was somewhere around the uh, the mid teens, I guess. Um, the in fact, I think I've talked about this before, but the the guy that wrote the Hangover series is also the guy that wrote Joker. And the reason he ended up writing Joker is because, as as he put it, uh, you you can't make comedies like that anymore in Hollywood. So uh, that was kind of his anti-comedy movie. Um, that's basically how it was for a long time. Some some stuff is coming back. I think, especially with all the money they're losing uh, to a lot of this DEI ESG type pseudo comedy that they're putting out that nobody seems to like. Stuff like, uh, what was the, the all gay comedy they had? Uh, okay, so the guy that did, what, what, what was that movie? Um, well, there was Bottoms. Not, knocked Up and all those films. Oh, Judd, Judd Apatow. Apatow. He did a bromance. Yeah. A gay ro- a rom-com. It was yes. a gay rom-com. And I forget, Bros? I think it was bros. called Bros. It was called Bros, yeah. And nobody saw this nobody movie. Nobody saw it. And what we were told was the reason that movie failed is because we're homophobic. But gay people didn't go see that movie. If, if we've been told over and over again that the num- the percentage of gay people in this country is much higher than the ten, 1 in 10 that we've been previously told. So if that's true, according to the left, why didn't they go see that movie? Well, and it's the same argument. It's the same thing that happens with movies like uh, the Marvels. You know, the Marvels was made for women, right? Bros was made for for gay folks, for LGBTQ. I mean, they and they'll specifically tell, uh, you know, straight males, straight women, whatever. They'll say, "Well, this is not for you." Well, okay, we don't go watch it. And unfortunately for the studios and for the people making these movies, like Judd Apatow, their target audiences aren't watching them either. Um, for example, like I said, the Marvels, the male audience was 60 plus percent, whereas the female audience, the people that the movie was ostensibly written for, was only something like 35 percent. So they're not hitting the target audience they want, and they're also uh, telling the audience that usually would go to see these types of movies, this isn't for you, so don't come. And then when we don't show up, they cry homophobia and racism, etc. That's exactly what happened. We were told, yeah, this is a this is going to be a comic book movie for the girls. Mm-hmm. It's not for you, men. Yeah. Stupid men. And then it's like, all right, I guess it's not for me. Oh, nobody went to see it? The girls didn't go see it? It's the same thing with the WNBA, right? Like, nobody watches the WNBA. If 51% of the country is female and 49% is male and the ratings for the NBA are exceptional and the ratings for the WNBA are non-existent, whose fault is that? Yeah, it's uh, and and Bill Burr had a good joke about it and pointed out, you know, it's the women that are letting the WNBA down. And it's the same thing with a lot of these movies. You know, you you cater it to just a small sliver of the audience and and you go out of your way in these films to dog, you know, your mainstream middle American folks. Well, those folks are the people that make or break your film. So if if you're ostracizing 80% of the population right off the bat, you can't expect them to to support your product. No. No, now all that being said, what are women watching? If women aren't watching the Marvels and they're not watching the WNBA, what do they watch? They watch Bravo. Reality shows. They watch the Real Housewives of whatever, fill in the city blank here. Yeah. They watch the Kardashians. What is the male equivalent of that? 
Uh, I I would guess shows like Entourage and well, stuff like that. Well, that show hasn't been that on the show air for hasn't years. been on forever. And that wasn't a reality show. No, yeah, I know. But, that's, so that's um, the male equivalent of Sex in the City. That's They're, true. The male equivalent of the Bravo shows is the NBA, I think, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 post-game interviews with football players and it's Sports Center or whatever. It's like, okay, fine. So uh, Sports Center doesn't cater to men, to women enough. And then uh, at the same time, there's no male equivalent of Bravo. So is that misogyny or is that just what people want? Is it is gender a social construct or is there legitimately something to this thing that we've acknowledged for thousands of years right up until four months ago? Well, uh, when you put it like that, you know, gender is not, is obviously they, they want it to be a social construct. They want to tell you want. that gender and sex are two different things. Yeah. And fine. Okay. So if that's true, then there are three genders, right? There's gay, straight, and miscellaneous. Well, not according to the acronym. But, you know, the but, ac- but you and I both know that's a bunch of BS. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, when you watch these videos... Of some trans guy flipping out in a mall at the GameStop or whatever. Oh, it's a guy acting like a guy. Guess what? Women don't necessarily do things like that. Why is it that there are so many transgender serial killers? Oh, are there? I didn't even know. Stand-up comedian Tim Mathis, your take on this. Well, yeah, right. (laughs) Well, historically, a lot of serial killers were men that wanted to be women. So what happened? They went out and murdered women. Silence of the Lambs was based on a whole bunch of real incidents. They didn't come up with that on their own that was they strung together a bunch of things that had happened in the news over the past few decades and there you had a movie yeah and uh, today that script would be thrown away it would be too offensive it would be thrown away i don't know if you saw what they just did with doctor who uh i'm not a big doctor who fan but one of the the main bad guys of doctor who is a, a cyborg who is half machine half man and he's handicapped he did it to himself to become a war machine and they just did a uh he just brought that villain back, and now he's no longer handicapped because that would make handicapable people look like villains, according to the creator of the series. But at the same time, isn't it important to be inclusive and have a character who, like, what if a disabled... They added, they, they added a disabled character on the good guy's side. I like Dr. Doom. Yeah. I like J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. I like... Thanos. I, I villains are cool. Yeah. They're they're interesting. And in, in I mean in a in a fantasy world, I don't yeah. think we should go out and murder people or whatever. But isn't that remarkable that okay, sorry disabled people, you don't get to have one. Well, and that brings up the the whole thing about villains. You know, the problem with the and I believe it's ESG is what they're talking about in uh, Hollywood, and that's equity, society, and something or other. I thought ESG had something to do with environmentalism. Yeah, environmentalist, society. I, I Environmental, social, and governance. There you go. Hey, we have a hard break right okay, now. Okay, no problem. There's, an, there's a, a, a higher than normal amount of people that want to have advertisements on KPRC 950 right now. My guest right now is Tim Mathis, stand-up comedian. He's going to be in Bay City this weekend, Saturday night. What's the name of the venue? Uh, Shulman's. More right after this. Stop listening to the government and start listening to the truth on Pursuit of Happiness Radio with Ken Webster Jr., a.k.a. Producer Kenny. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Eat steak, eat steak, eat a big old steer. Eat steak, eat steak, do we have one beer? Eat beef, eat beef, it's a mighty good food. It's a great aid meal when I'm in the I don't mean to be predictable, stand-up comedian Tim Mathis, but I've been playing this song on the radio for a very long time. You could understand why, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a song about eating steak. Yeah. It's a big old steer. It's a great A meat when I'm in the mood. Reverend Horton Heat. There's not a lot of songs about meat consumption, and there's really only one song about smoking cigarettes, but there's a whole bunch of songs about guns. Unfortunately, a lot of them are critical of guns. Happiness is a warm gun, that sort of thing. Why is it that pop culture always takes the things that we love and tries to make them seem horrible? Well, it's the exact opposite uh, for the film world. You know, they they glorify the gun, and then when it comes to award ceremony, they tell us how bad guns are. So that, it's that's really weird. That's a great point. Well, all right, I want to talk about meat for a second. The UN, the United Nations, has an agency overseeing food and agriculture policy, and they're expected to issue a roadmap in the coming weeks that will call on America. That's us, in case you forgot. I know it feels like we're our own country here in Texas. But no, no, we're still America. And the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization wants us to stop eating meat. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of these people from the UN are at an event right now called COP28, the United Nations Climate Change Conference. And wouldn't you know it, it's in Dubai, of all places, which I think is a city built on oil and gas. Here to give us an explanation of what's going on and why it's ridiculous, our good friend Daniel Turner from Power of the Future. Daniel Turner, thanks so much for stopping by this afternoon. What, you're going to tell me you're not at COP28? Everyone who's anyone is at COP28, brother. I mean, it, it's the party to be at right now. All right, it looks like King George is there. And I'm sorry, King King Charles. Sorry, I forget which king, king we're on. Charles. King Charles is that? Yeah, it was. Times were better when it was King George. I got to tell you. Uh, so King Charles is there right now, and wouldn't you know it? King John Kerry is there too. I guess. <laughs> I guess they must have traveled by rickshaw, Daniel. I don't know how they all got there. I assume they started walking or took. Well, Charles has has an entire fleet of very expensive gilded horse-drawn carriages uh, maybe they took one of them all the way from london maybe they went through the channel you know it's a long drive but that's <laughs> how kings used to travel um you know i i as a lover of history i'm interested in the monarchy i'm glad we don't have one anymore but you know to be able to trace your lineage a thousand years is pretty cool um but because of that i know what charles has and i know what he has in his estate and his portfolio and the fact that this guy is there now telling us that we need to eat less meat, that we need to work on sustainability for the climate, and then we'll go back to his literally millions of acres of private crown estates um, with, with hundreds of servants. I mean, the guy opened parliament last month with a crown on his head huh. that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's telling us we have to eat less meat how about you give us the damn crown right <laughs> it is kind of amazing it's remarkable it's remarkable all right paint a picture for me here they're in dubai the united arab emirates november 30th to december 12th it starts today this is kabuki theater at its best these are people that have made a fortune off fossil fuels and they're gonna try to make us think that they care a lot 
about carbon emissions while they fly around the world in private jets and hang out at a fancy hotel built with money from oil and gas. And I got to assume yep. oil and gas paid for most of their cocaine and hookers, Daniel. But I mean, we wouldn't know anything about that. But, you know, and, and I don't blame Dubai for hosting this conference. I mean, I got to tell you, I, I would think the city of Houston, if, if, if um, you know, if, if, if the Philadelphia Eagles wanted to have a conference in Houston, you'd be like, yeah, we'll take your money. I mean, we don't like you, but we will gladly take your money. So I, I don't blame Dubai for saying climate conference, 40,000 people all booking hotels and all, you know, ordering food and and. This is a great revenue maker. I will gladly take your stupid uh, climate conference. And yeah, just it is remarkable that this is an oil company, an oil country that's hosting a, a conference about climate. And even funnier than that, brother, the very first conference to kick off the event was hosted by the Feminists for Climate Justice, and it's about climate <laughs> and gender. A woman feminist climate conference in, in the Middle East is is honestly like a Girl Scout convention on Epstein's Island. Like, oh. It is remarkable that that is the, the conference. Climate and gender. The women in that conference need either their husband or their fathers or like the family donkey's permission to be in the room. And yet they're going to lecture us about climate and feminism. If you don't laugh at this stuff, you'd you'd go absolutely insane. I do wonder why the oil czars of the, you know, OPEC and the guys that that are there why why they don't say something because we see it right dubai is a city that probably would not exist at least certainly wouldn't look the way it does if not for oil and gas and it, it, these people must see how hypocritical this is i mean it's happening in their own backyard but of course, of course if the check clears if the money's green that's the only point yeah i mean the middle east would cease to exist if it were not for oil and Another example of how brilliant and how, how blessed we are as a country is that, yes, we have states like Texas and Alaska where fossil fuels are a huge part of the revenue, um, but it is not our sole economic driver. In fact, in, in terms of GDP, it's, it's, I don't believe it's even 10%. We have a diversified economy, but in those Arab states, that's everything. Uh, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, it's 90% plus is fossil fuel driven. Um, it makes them incredibly vulnerable, of course, because they aren't diversified. But it also has to make them realize that they are are sitting on on a, on a veritable gold mine right now. So it's just laughable that that the Middle East is hosting this conference. And and you know, I'd laugh at it a little more if it weren't for the resolutions coming out of it. The first one you mentioned in the intro, this don't eat meat. That's just the first one we know about. Um, you're not going to hear a lot of leaks coming from from this conference. No. Um, it's very limited press. It's not a lot of it is live streamed. But I'm curious to see what other prescriptions, policy recommendations come out of this conference, because all of them are going to be targeting you and me and America. None of them are going to target China, right? World's largest polluter, world's largest uh, emissions emitter. China isn't even attending the conference. Xi Jinping turned it down. Um, China will get off scot-free, but you and me, brother, 
in America, we are uh, we have a bullseye on us. You know, it's amazing that they don't have cameras there because what else is the point of doing this? It, it feels like they've been doing this since the 90s, so nothing ever changes. It's remarkable that they have a feminist panel because this is happening in a country where women don't have any rights. It's amazing to me that it's a climate change summit in Dubai, of all places, a place where fossil fuels built their entire economy. And, you know, you're hearing the voice of Daniel Turner right now for Power of the Future, but also joining me in studio is Tim Mathis, stand-up comedian. Tim, they don't have feminist rights, but they have a feminist panel. Uh, they're not environmental but they're having a climate change summit. This is a completely humorless society. I see no reason why you can't go there and host a stand-up comedy show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess gays for Palestine weren't available to show up. Uh, that, that group. Um, do, do you think that there's an ulterior motive for places like Dubai? Because if we cut back on our oil production and stuff like that, they're just going to get more rich. Daniel? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they are profiting uh, from America's uh, oil and gas industry under the Biden administration. Heck, OPEC just a couple hours ago announced that they're continuing their, their production cut uh, in, in for the foreseeable future, and oil prices lifted on that because they want oil prices high. And, and you know, we have feckless American politicians who would say, well, why would OPEC do that? They don't want to hurt their people. They don't care about their people, right? Saudi Arabia is, is a monarchy. All the oil in the kingdom belongs to the king. If oil is $90 a barrel and his quote-unquote people are struggling to pay the bills, what the hell does he care? His people don't have freedoms. They don't have rights. He is making a lot of money. So absolutely, they do have ulterior motives for hosting this conference because they want to see America get kicked in the teeth when it comes to oil and gas. And yes, I look through the agenda. There is no LGBTQ climate agenda. There is, though, like an event on the balcony of the roof. Um, I don't know what that's for, but they were like all the gays who were here for the conference, 98th floor, just come out and we're going to have a special party for you. That's right. With a with a with a with a with a bouncy ballroom. It's going to be great, ladies and gentlemen. Tim, any last closing thoughts here? Uh, yeah, you talked about feckless politicians. Let's talk about just John Kerry for a quick. He has a fortune. He married into the Heinz fortune, right? That's it. Right. Yeah. Heinz 57. Every time you get some so, ketchup. Yeah. Well, not even that. The steak sauce. So he's making money off of steaks. <laughs> so it's a good point. <laughs> While he's telling us not to eat steaks, and then he gets in his private plane and flies home. Honestly, that steak no, sauce. No, is... it is not his private plane. You remember, he told that to Congress. He said, oh, I yeah. don't have a private plane. My wife does. And that is the lesson that when in doubt, blame your wife. Right? Oh, that is good... the lesson that John Kerry gave us all. Honestly, I've been married before. That logic checks out. Hey, that's Daniel <laughs> Turner. Powerthefuture.com is the website. Find Daniel Turner on X, the plan platform previously known as twitter daniel turner is a is a brilliant source of knowledge on this sort of news if you work in oil and gas or know someone that does keep up to date with him it's never too early to learn that the government is a greedy piglet that suckles on a taxpayer's teat until they have sore chapped nipples the pursuit of happiness radio on am 950 kprc Oh, hey. Greetings, everybody. Thank you for listening. Those of you watching on social media, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kenny Webster. 
It's very great to be here with you today. I am sitting here with my friend Tim Mathis, a very funny stand-up comedian. He tours around the country, appearing at nightclubs and festivals and that sort of thing all over the place. But you are also a comedy writer. You produce films. You're from Texas. You live in Hollywood. And it's a strange time to work in Hollywood. You picked a weird time to move to Hollywood and not be a liberal. Tim, do you regret it? Uh, not not a total regret, but if I would have known just how political the filmmaking process was out there, I might have might have second guessed myself. But um, you know, they really started pushing the ESG stuff in Hollywood that we were talking about earlier, um, right around 2015, 2016 when I got out there. So it, it's really made it kind of swimming against the stream to to make an old school uh just straight comedy movie but you know we're still trying if you don't know what that means if you don't know what tim's talking about esg stands for environmental social and governance and what this is is a very convoluted concept that wall street came up with to try to stop people from investing in things that weren't woke that didn't have far left liberal agendas and so the jp morgan chase one of the head executives there jamie dimon has been asked about this a lot recently and he talks about how, okay, this is, there's been backlash against this. We invested in it. It hasn't worked out well for us. He is actually calling some new Texas laws bad for business, highlighting the work his bank does to fund schools and hospitals. We now have laws. Texas passed two laws in 2021 that limit the state's work with banks, that regulators determine restrict their work in the energy and firearms industry. So that's part of it, right? Yeah. They, don't, they don't want banks investing in firearms or oil and gas or that sort of thing because that's not woke enough but i cannot help but notice that all those banks are protected by people with firearms and oh wouldn't you know it the energy that they're getting out of the wall you know did you know electricity does not come out of the wall did you know that tim yeah some people uh, find that hard to believe but you know we're from you know, i know you're from chicago but you've lived in texas long enough to know that no people have to get that energy somewhere and most of the time they get it out of the ground and we need this is so unfortunate for people on the left humanity cannot exist without plentiful access to cheap energy and yet somehow the very people that think they're saving humanity are actually hurting humanity by limiting our access to it hey shifted focus here for a minute this isn't at all what we were talking about but there's this guy actor jonathan majors and he stars as the villain kang kang the conqueror in disney's marvel movie ant-man and the wasp and he is in court today or he was in court yesterday for a domestic assault trial He's a Hollywood star. He's facing misdemeanor assault and harassment charges stemming from an alleged incident in March with his then-girlfriend, Grace Jabari. Have you had a chance to look at this news story at all? I've looked at it a little bit. Um, stuff like this is is kind of hard for me to get into, and at least while the, while the trial's being played out. I don't want to take sides or anything. I, I like for the, the whole thing to kind of play out before I see what's going on. Uh, I am a big fan of Jonathan Major's work. I think he's one of the best younger actors working today. Um, and I'm hoping that the allegations are untrue. It looks like there obviously are some uh, some holes in her story. And, and he's trying to prove that his, he's innocent. But, of course, with today's climate, um, there's a lot of people that are hoping, you know, to get another notch on the Me Too belt. Uh, I'm hoping that, that it turns out that he's innocent and, um, you know, 
If he's not, though, you know, it's we'll have to see what happens from there. Right. We hope whatever happens, we get justice here. But when you look at the allegations, they don't make a lot of sense. Yesterday, he arrived at a courthouse and he was carrying a Bible. He was accompanied by his girlfriend, his current girlfriend, his defense attorney. And what will transpire over the next few days will be more difficult to discern. Manhattan criminal court judge Michael Gaffey agreed to a request from Major's attorney for the courtroom to be closed to the public during arguments uh, about certain evidentiary matters. They don't want like it sounds like they don't want people showing up and protesting and making a spectacle out of the incident. Uh, this woman, Grace Jabari, is accusing him of slapping her as they rode in a car to his apartment. She also alleged he threw her into the car after she got out. And in June, he filed a cross-complaint against her, alleging that she physically assaulted him the same night. Now, the problem with this is, if if he's innocent, right, this will still hurt his career. Mm-hmm. If he's guilty, fine. You you deserve punishment. If he's innocent, this is this is one of those a he said she said thing, and it's a very rare moment here where people in the Black Lives Matter community and people in the conservative media seem to agree with each other. If this guy's guilty of anything, it seems like he's guilty of being with the wrong woman. Yeah, unfortunately, and and these types of things can ruin your career even if you're innocent. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember a few years ago. It was right at the height of the whole Me Too thing. Uh, and Season Sari, who's an Indian uh, comedian actor, he was most famously in Parks and Rec. Right. Uh, a woman apparently just had a bad date with him and then wrote an article where she alleged that, you know, he was some kind of Me Too situation. And, and I haven't seen him in a movie since. It sounds like they had awkward sex yes. multiple times in one night and then they never dated each other again. Yeah. But it sounds like it was consensual. Yep. Aziz, if Aziz Ansari did anything wrong, it was being a nerdy guy that was trying to get laid and really following the rules, I think. Here's what's so remarkable about this case with Jonathan Majors. Majors filed the cross-complaint against this woman saying she also violently assaulted him. Enter Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, mm-hmm. the guy that's going after Trump right now for very bizarre, ske- yeah. sketchy at best accusations. He declined to prosecute this woman after she was arrested. She, oh, she was arrested, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, not surprisingly, Alvin Bragg's campaign was backed by leftist billionaire George Soros. He has sealed the reasoning behind his decision to drop the charges against her. And Majors is facing some very significant career repercussions as a result of the case. Earlier this year, he was generating award buzz for his role in the movie Magazine Dreams. And uh, apparently that's no longer the case. The trials now killed any hopes of Oscar glory. The Disney-owned Searchlight Pictures is scrubbing the movie's planned December release date. All because of this incident. Now, what if he's innocent? Uh, If he's innocent, then most likely his career will never be what it would have been before these allegations. That's the unfortunate uh, the unfortunate result of, of these allegations. Even if you are found to be not at fault, innocent, or, or whatever, you know, it, you can never get your reputation back, it seems. Once you're accused of some of this stuff, it, it sticks to you no matter what the facts are. And I'm not saying, you know, that he is, like I said, I want to see it play out in court. But to be honest, when it comes to New York, I don't trust those courts anyway. Right. Wasn't there an incident recently? I'm trying to find the story. I should have looked this up before. Wasn't there recently an incident with a NFL kicker that was accused of some rape stuff? Here, he was uh, the punt god, they called him. And uh, he was accused of a gang rape when he was in college. 
And he had evidence showing that he had left the party an hour before the rape actually happened. The people that were at the party said that he was not there when when the incident happened. And he's still out of the NFL. And yeah. he was a very good punter. Apparently, he's one of the he was one of the best young punters in the game. So it's cost him millions of dollars. That was Matt Areza. I hope I'm saying his name right. And he was a 2022 NFL draft. Record-breaking abilities as a kicker, falsely mm-hmm. accused of sexual misconduct, ruined his career. Here's what sucks about this. There are women that get sexually assaulted who don't report it, yeah. and nobody believes them. Yeah. And in, similarly, there are men who get accused of sexual assault who did not do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure that this is a problem society can solve. I don't know if there is a way to fix that. Yeah, it, when it comes to issues like this, obviously... They're very traumatic and emotional things that can happen. You know, if, if if people are sexually assaulted, it can really alter the whole course of your life. You can be almost mentally ruined, you know. So it's these are serious, serious allegations and serious crimes. But then you do have examples, plenty of examples, where men have been accused of this and have been 100% innocent. There's also Trevor Bauer, um, MLB pitcher, who he ended up having to go play in Japan. And That's right. It just came out that not only were the allegations false, but the woman basically had planned to, quote, get his money. So Yeah, she there were text messages. Text messages with one of her friends. Where she said she was going to go get a sack of cash from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, look at the result of that. And where is she? She's free and, free and clear right now. Yeah, what's the punishment? I... I don't see any. The punishment for falsely accusing someone of rape should be the equivalent of what the punishment should be for rape. You should go away for a sizable amount of time and whatever assets you have should be given to that person that you accused. I mean, people are, are causing careers and lives to be ruined on the other end. Right. So it's it's weird that. When when it comes to an allegation, a man's life can be ruined, but if the allegation is false, and in, in the case of the Trevor Bauer thing, I mean, malicious. She did it uh, in, entirely intentional, and I've never seen anybody have serious ramifications for that issue. Yeah, well, now that we've had this heartwarming conversation about rape, tell us about your stand-up comedy show this weekend. Too. Oh, <laughs> we got a stand-up comedy show at Shulman's. Uh, movie Bar and Grill, I think is what it's called. The show is at 8 p.m. Uh, you can buy tickets there or online, I believe. Um, got a great show. I'm just doing a, a little spot in there, but Mike Real is going to be uh, headlining it. So we've got a good lineup, and come on out. I'm Kenny Webster. To the rest of you, I say have an awesome afternoon. We'll be back bright and early tomorrow morning for more of What You Bought a Radio For. Ooh, of happiness radio tell the government to kiss your ass when you listen to the show don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by march 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly because no matter what moves you made last year TurboTax makes them count That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.